Hello, good morning. Welcome to the Stochastic.com NFL Sim Strategy right here on the Stochastic.com YouTube channel. Dave Lockhart with me. Greg Ehrenberg is always, man, not much of this left. Not many left. We got today, we got next week. I suppose we'll do one for the Super Bowl too. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But the Sims for Showdown has been has been crushing. So I'm not sure why we wouldn't, even if it's like a 30 minute show, maybe, maybe put something out there, right? It's a pretty big game. They're going to have a milli for it is for sure. Yeah. I was talking with Jacob about that before he's asking me, what, what are we doing for the Super Bowl? And I, I said, I haven't thought that far ahead for the next few weeks, but yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a Sim show for the Super Bowl. And what's really useful about the Sims, particularly for showdown, because you don't have to worry about dupes on the main slates for the most part, you know, it's like 12, 13 game slates. But it's really, really convenient to have a way where lineups are sorted while also incorporating how often they're going to be duped, which is also why, Lafay, I'm really excited about our new MMA Sims tool, which just came out that we have a sale going for as well. Because last week I was trying it. I'm trying to figure out how it works, and I'm trying to figure out the best ways to build my MMA lines. Very first time I used it, I won the $3 over on DraftKings. So off to a good start with the new MMA Sims tool. I'm going to be doing more content about that today. But, yeah, it's more reason that we should also be doing some Super Bowl content with the Sims. Hell yeah, man. What is it, 30% off the first week, first month? What is it? Yeah, whatever you guys choose. If you want to do a week, want to do a month, you get 30% off using the promo code 297. There's a link for that below. And yeah, that's what I'm really excited about is have a good process for a way to figure out lineups for MMA and then also for you know for NFL purposes when the Super Bowl comes around. If you guys play other showdown slates, the way that our Sims and contest trainer are able to incorporate dupes into the process, it really is a big value add. You a big Sean Strickland fan? Uh, I mean, he's, uh, he's entertaining. I can't say I, there's, he says some things I don't always agree with. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> he says some things I don't agree with. And then he says some things I do agree with. Uh, yeah, that was wild, man. He, he's up to tomorrow, right? Main event Strickland, right? Yeah. Sean Strickland versus uh, Drickus Duplessis tomorrow night. I'm going to be doing, uh, some content, breaking that down. And yeah, it is a card that I'm looking forward to a pretty good amount. Sweet. We still got a lot of football, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got football. Happy to have you guys with us, man. We love doing this show each week, and we go in blind intentionally. Not that we haven't looked at the slate. Obviously, I did the first look show with Ben. I know Greg looks over the slate for obvious reasons. I've already done all my betting content over on the Odd Shopper channel. But um, just we go in blind from the Sims perspective. We it, It's more fun to do this show, and I think kind of more enlightening for not only us but for you when we go in and just see what the Sims tool is giving us. Also, not nearly as many injuries on a slate like this, you know, with pending injury news as you'd get for even, you know, week 18, obviously, but even a wild card week where now we've whittled it down to four games, eight teams, definitely changes things up. And the biggest slate Saturday and Sunday combined. So which means that you don't, you and I don't have to kind of bounce back and forth on any of this, which makes it a, a little bit easier. So. Yeah, I, I prefer that from a DFS, but I don't love two-game NFL slates. I much prefer that we have four games to Me look too. At. Me too, 100%. I, I like two-game NFL slates, but if you could give me a four, I'm all about it. Uh, and there's just so many good players on this one, man. You know, we're, in, we're deep. We're not deep, but we're getting deep into the playoffs. And, you know, you're going to narrow it down to some, some really great teams. Makes it a little bit more difficult, but we'll dive into it. Are you getting snow over there? Oh, so much snow. So it is 
it, it snowed the other day. It's snowing again today. I know that you talked about your daughter's home from daycare. The reason I'm on the, the show is because it was going to be spags with me doing the NBA show because Josh is on vacation. Josh picked the worst time to go to vacation. He's in Nashville, and it's like 25 degrees there or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So we went on vacation. He's going to be he's going to be on the beach in like a winter jacket or something like that. But yeah, it is snowing pretty hard here. My driveway is completely icy because I paid a high school kid $15 to shovel my driveway while I was working. He took the cash and left, didn't shovel the driveway. Oh yeah, it was so. What, you got burned by a high school kid? Oh yeah, I I told the story on live for a lot because I thought it was hilarious. So the kid (laughs) shows up and uh, my brother and I answered the door and he, he said that he would shovel the driveway for $10. We have a pretty big driver. Like that's ridiculous. So we gave him $15. I come back inside. I had meetings to do that day. My brother also had meetings that he was on for work. So we weren't like watching him or anything. And then a couple hours later, I'm done with my afternoon meetings today. Look outside driveway, not shoveled. Kid just left. <laughs> well, so hold on. This was last time, right? Yeah. So it was what? A couple days ago. Was it, yeah, Tuesday. Was it still snowing? Like, are you sure you didn't do it? And then it was, and Positive. Then it co- okay. Positive. It was after it was done snowing. Do you know this kid? No, no clue. It was just a kid who was going door to door. He might have had the hustle of all hustles going. He also had the shovel with him. I should have been a little more closer and looked like, does he have, does he have snow on the yeah. shovel? This is a clean shovel. I do wonder, Mark said never pay before service is rendered. Yeah. Well, Greg won't make that mistake again, but. <laughs> I do wonder if he was like serious about it and then he just got worn out and he's like, screw it. I'm these last couple of houses. I'm not doing it. But, uh, yeah, I like to think he went door to door and just cleaned up for the day, like brought in. Right. And he lives like two counties over. So (laughs) no one will ever find it. I mean, that is a really brilliant hustle, especially during a work week, not on a Saturday where people have stuff to do, man. All right. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's also why. And the other thing too is people are like, hey, don't pay until afterwards. What am I going to do? I'm on meetings all day during the afternoon when I'm not on shows, and I sure should don't want to shovel my driveway myself. Now it's just an entire sheet of ice, and I'm stuck in like DeAndre, <laughs> not able to get to the basketball game. Do you have a snowblower? I do, but I, I like I got I would have to walk to my garage for that. It's a whole big to do. We just and I just I can't go anywhere until it's warm out again. I wait for it to melt. Yeah, you've got like ten days until that happens. I don't, I, I, I can make it. I don't need to eat. I, I can, I've got enough water to keep me going. We'll survive. Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. Just go with a water fast, like a one week water fast. It'll be the healthiest you've ever been in your life, man. Yeah, for sure. Easy, easy. I just won't eat. That's to me, honestly, the, that's the easiest solution. Yeah. I hear you. I will say though, the one thing I love about this is I get to like relive my childhood because I'm like, Hey, do you want to go sledding to my daughter? I tried it last week when it's not this Tuesday, but when it snowed last time and we get out to the hill, of course, I find like the biggest hill out there. She's not even three years old yet. And I'm like, you know, we're going to the top, but it was still snowing. So the wind was blowing in her face and the snow was blowing. And so much of me just wanted to be like, suck it up. This is for daddy, you know, but I, <laughs> but I was like, all right, we'll stop. We'll come back when it stops snowing. But that is one cool thing. I mean, having kids on a snow day sucks, but being able to be like, all right, when they're old enough, you go out to do the stuff that you love doing as a kid. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And cause the other thing too, is you could, you could pass it off too. It'd be like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing these kids activities. Cause it's for my daughter. I want, you know, she wants to do it. My dad used to do this all the time. My dad likes to watch 
the stupidest shows on TV, like all those dumb reality shows. And he would pretend that he was watching them because my sister wanted to watch them when she was younger. I knew it was because my dad wanted to watch them. There was a point in time where my <laughs> sister had said that she didn't even like watching those shows, but my dad would make her watch them with, with him. So it's the same sort of deal where my dad's like, hey, yeah, we get to, we get to watch American Idol. And my sister would have no interest. But it was, it was for my yeah. dad. But he would pretend that he, he's watching it because of her. Dude, my dad learned how to play hockey at 45 and learned how to snowboard at 47. <laughs> Yeah. And guess what? I still play hockey and I still snowboard. So he got me into it, which is cool. He'd never done it, but yeah, it's, it's the best part. Anyway, happy to have you guys with us. Take a single second, hit that thumbs up. If you haven't done so yet, it goes a long way. Subscribe to the channel, leave a comment down below. If you're listening after the fact, we read and respond to all of them. And remember anything we do here with a shelf life, no matter what it is on the YouTube channel, Go straight in the podcast form so you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hey, maybe you don't have YouTube Premium and you're not paying somebody to, 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 to shovel your driveway. You've got to do it yourself. But you want to listen to something good, turn your phone off, close your phone, put it in your pocket, podcast form. There you go. You're out there shoveling the driveway. You got something to listen to. We're in business. All right. So four games this week, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, Greg. Not only that, though. Weather doesn't seem to be nearly as nearly as much of an issue, right? Like last week, we had the Chiefs game. You had the Bills game get moved. Uh, in this case, it's, it's not that bad. Dome game in Detroit. San Francisco is going to be rainy, but that is what it is. Like these are two teams that are used to playing outdoors anyway in weird weather. Buffalo's cold, but that's it. Those two teams play in the cold all the time. And then Baltimore and Houston, nothing really to speak of there. So I don't think we really have anything. To, not that the Vegas Lions wouldn't already, you know, tell us what we need to know from the jump. But um, I, I think it's pretty cut and dry here. It's pretty straightforward of a slate so far. Yeah. The only thing that I will add is, and I'm not sure how this is going to impact what we had in the Sims, but uh, we just got word a minute ago that Mark Andrews not expected to play yep. this weekend. So Ian Rapport tweeted that out. So I'm not exactly sure if Andrew's going to show up in the Sims or not. If he is, we could do an ROI downgrade boost to take him out. That won't necessarily account for how good Isaiah likely is going to look now, but just want to make that known to people that when we started the show, we didn't have that news and it broke while we were a few minutes into it. Yeah, absolutely. And then Isaiah likely is definitely going to have some ownership. I mean, that guy's good. He's, he's a legitimately good tight end. So that's going to, it's funny, too, because remember week one of the season, Mark Andrews missed and likely was chalk, and he ended up just doing nothing. I mean, I think he had yeah, one reception for four yards. You look at you look at these last five games that he's played. He has five touchdowns over his last five games, Greg. Like, he's, he's legit, and we knew that going into the season. He's a good backup. So $4,700 likely, especially when you look at the tight end position and you have I mean, Kelsey, I have no problems getting there. I really do think it's going to be the Kelsey and Rashi Rice show once again. Kelsey had a few big drops, would have had a bigger game last time out had that not happened. Sam Laporta played 80% of the snaps, but was only targeted three times and still pretty limited. Like the guy clearly isn't 100%. And then you've got Kittle and Kincaid, but and Dalton Schultz in a real tough matchup against Baltimore. You would think that Isaiah Likely is pretty popular here. Yeah, and... Uh... You just mentioned like this is a, most of the top tight ends that we have are going to be playing today. So I'm going to be curious. I have a feeling we're going to see the double tight end lineups come back. We haven't seen a lot of them as of late, but there's a lot of good tight ends to choose from. A lot. Yeah. Uh, 
Jay Valentine, curious the impact of Dalvin Cook with Baltimore. I know they elevated him to the active roster. I I just can't imagine that in their first like the, the guy hasn't played at all with Baltimore. I, I have a very difficult time believing, Greg, that in his first game with the Baltimore Ravens in the divisional round of the playoffs, that he has any substantial workload. Who's the running back? We saw this like five or six years ago. There's a running back that got signed right at the end of the season and ended up being a monster in the playoffs and for like one or two regular season games as well. CJ Anderson. Yes, CJ Anderson. Yeah, that's what Todd Gurley, I knew that's where, when when the Rams lost Todd Gurley, CJ Anderson came in and he was with Carolina prior to that and they cut him. They cut him and he came in and destroyed with the, with the Rams. I still think this is an entirely different situation though, because one, you have a mobile quarterback Two, you already have a guy in Gus Edwards. Who's a goal line back. You have justice Hill. I, I think this is a lot different. Whereas Todd Gurley was the clear definitive workhorse back that was getting like a hundred percent of carries in that Rams backfield. And uh, also something to add just for what our projections are. We, we only have Dalvin Cook projected for like three fantasy points. So we're not expecting you to play a substantial role. Yeah, no, I, I certainly don't. All right, you ready to take a look? Ready Let's to take a peek? Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. All right, so we'll run the Sims. Jacob, we did a 10,000 contest field, right? A 10,000 field in the contest generator? Yes, and really quick, I de-boosted Andrews 100% because he was showing up in everything. Should I boost likely? Because he's not showing up at all. How much of a boost do you want on the only The only problem is I don't even know if that would work. I think we would have to adjust Likely's projection. Okay. Yeah, we would have to. So if I was just to kind of give people some insight on how I would do this, let's say that the slate was about to start and Mark Andrews was ruled out and we, we didn't really have like a great way to make an adjustment right away. What I would do is I would go to the projections page I would put Mark Andrews in for zero, and then I would just write in something like nine and a half fantasy points for Isaiah Likely. I'd probably look at my old files and find what we had Isaiah Likely projected for the last few games Andrews out, and I'd take like an average of it and just put that in as the projection, and then I'd run a new sim based on that information. Like That would be the, the easiest way to do a quick fix, but for the purpose of this show, we don't have to do anything like that, but yeah. That, I think that is- we could. I think we could real quick. Let's just put in like... Like you said, I mean, it's arbitrary. Who cares? But we're on the fly. Why don't we just zero out Mark Andrews and put in nine or 10 for, for likely? Let's do it. Yeah. So go to, yeah, probably the easiest way to do it is, yeah, put a zero in for Mark Andrews. Uh, you can just type it. You can type yeah. zero, Jacob. Yeah. No, reset those because the, the one thing that it Re- go up and reset those, Jacob. Top right under the export favorites, because you just deboosted. You just yeah, just um, go search by Andrews. Just do a player search by Andrews, and that'll be easiest way for him to show up. Yeah, just do Andrews. And because then- if you hit plus or minus on that, when there's a lot of players, it moves him in the rankings, and then you end up hitting all of these other players, and you don't even know it. Yeah, and then uh, go to likely. You don't have to mess around with the ownership there. Go to likely, and put in put in ten. Sure, what was Andrews in, at? Andrews was at 
what was it? Uh, 11.75 was the number I think I saw. The, I think the you could throw likely in for 10, honestly. Yeah, so just put him in for 10, and I'll run the contest simulation and see what pops up here. Yeah, that should help us a little bit. If nothing else, we won't get any Andrews. So yeah, then, then we'll see what the lineups look like. Yeah, the Andrews thing is big because he's – I mean, if he was back, he, he's a full participant, so there's no doubt in my mind he plays next week. But – I guess no real point in rushing him back. Now you're talking about a Baltimore team that has Isaiah likely once again, but then what Zay flowers, Odell Beckham. There's not a whole lot there, Craig. So likely is kind of a, a feature of this offense. So long as Mark Andrews doesn't play. Sure. And uh, also just one other thing that we're not going to do for the purpose of this, but there, there should be a slight boost to all the other wide receivers as well on Baltimore. This is going to benefit the expected target share of players like Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham. So a little bit of projection bumps for all those guys as well. So something to keep in your mind as we're looking at what the outcome of these lineups ends up being is that there is also a trickle-down effect where not only does likely benefit, but other guys on the Ravens as well. For sure. All right. Well, we're about to get the results here. It's time for us before we do to take some guesses. You two guys in chat. Let, let's let's take a few guesses before we dive into this. Uh, highest owned stack, Greg. You have Baltimore as a nine-point favorite, San Fran nine and a half point favorite, Detroit six-point favorites, five and a half, six. Uh, and then you've got that Buffalo, Kansas City game. I I'm gonna go out on a limb. Okay. I think it's gonna be Baker. I'm going to Detroit. I think it's going to be the Lions. All right. Let's just go straight to stacks. Now I got to see. I think it might be Mahomes, too. Uh, go to the stack exposures. Damn. I really thought Baker was going to be getting a lot more than that, given the matchup. It's Lamar, huh? Well, so we have 28% of Goff there and 26% of Lamar. Oh, you were right. It is golf. I do wonder how much us boosting likely there ended up getting to us more of Lamar, because I assume this now makes likely the top projected tight end on the slate. And we know that he's not projected for a lot of ownership at the moment because the Andrews news hasn't fully been taken into account. So I, I'm just going to guess that likely showing up in a ton of lineups because he must look wildly under owned considering Absolutely. the low ownership. Yeah, if yeah, once I for sure, once that ownership gets adjusted to reflect what it's actually going to look like, that should come down. The only reason I was thinking you'd have a decent amount of Baker is because of his price point. I mean, he's 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 six thousand dollars, he's the cheapest starting quarterback on the slate. The Lions have been absolutely gutted by opposing passers lately. I mean, they've been terrible. Uh, Baker, you look at his performances too, this dude's been legitimately good. Over the final month plus of the season, we saw him last week against that pathetic Eagles team, but uh, absolutely carved them up. There are so many. This is the problem I'm having, though, Greg. There are so many good spots at quarterback this week. Lamar, Josh Allen. I'm not saying that's good in the sense of like Kansas City has a bad defense, but it's still Josh Allen. Uh, Mahomes against Buffalo, only because go look how go look how expensive that stack is. That's the cheapest you're ever going to get a, a QB plus two stack for the for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like $6,800 Mahomes, $6,800 Rice, 6K Travis Kelsey. 
we saw last week 22 combined targets between Kelsey and Rice. Significant stuff. Then you've got Purdy with a 30-point total, nine-and-a-half-point favorite. And then Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield in a dome with, with, I think, the highest total of any game on this slate. Yeah, and to your point about the price tags is uh, I just pulled up from our top stacks to the average salary for the starting skill position players on each team. And yeah, the Chiefs are in the bottom half in terms yeah. of overall salary on the slate. We've got the 49ers are won by a really wide margin. They're the most expensive, followed by the Bills, the Ravens. Oh, the Ravens are about to come down now that it's likely a tight end as opposed to Mark Andrews, followed by the Lions, the Chiefs, the Texans, the Buccaneers, and then the least expensive being the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and the Packers, I know they're coming off a great game, great win in Dallas. Feels kind of tough to get there this week. And tough matchup. That's reflected right now, too, in 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 our in our exposures. We're not getting much Jordan Love at all. Not getting to Jordan Love, not really getting to Josh Allen. And a couple of reasons that I think we're not getting to Josh Allen, which I don't have an issue with us not getting there. Number one, the price points are really expensive. But then also it's it has been hard to know who to stack Josh Allen with because Stefan Diggs this year hasn't performed at the same level from previous years. Where it used to be like, hey, if Josh Allen is a big passing game, Stefan Diggs probably had a big game as well. That hasn't been the case this year. It makes it harder to know who to stack with Allen. I wonder what exposures would look like if we went out and gave Isaiah Likely like a 25% ownership. So it wouldn't make a difference. We would have to go to the contest generator and give him a bunch of arrows. Yeah. Plus it would affect everything else too. So we can't just do that on the fly. Um, Can we go to lineups for a second, Jacob? I want to see a couple things here. Isaiah Likely in all of these top lineups. We might have 100% Isaiah Likely with what we did. (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm guessing. I'm. I'm not kidding. I'm guessing we do. It's probably a lot. Go to the exposures really quick. I want to see uh, what we ended up getting to them. Um, yeah, just go to the normal exposures. Oh no, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, that's actually not that crazy. The simulated R, the lineup, yeah, the ROI with lineups in them is crazy high, which I understand why, right? Because his actual projected ownership as of right now is only one point five percent. So we've got a guy who's only project for 1.5% ownership that we now have given a projection of 10 fantasy points at a cheap price. So the lineups that he's in, they're they're just like outrageously projected in terms of ROI. It makes sense though. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I wonder what his ownership will be. Probably, I mean, honestly at 4,700, I'm guessing he comes in north of 25. Let me think. So let's see. Can you sort by? We usually go to tight ends last, but considering that this is the breaking news that we just got, I'm kind of interested to start with tight ends at the skill position spots and seeing what the ownership is at the other tight end spots. And we can make an educated guess on where we think likely is going to fit in. So if we go to the tight ends, we could uh, see that it's actually kind of spread out in terms of ownership coming in. Uh, sort by the pool ownership there. Yeah, 25% was to Kelsey, 23% to Kittle. I, I'm going to say like mid to high 20s for likely. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think, I think think that'll probably where he be where around where he lands. Not a lot coming into Laporta. I think that injury clearly has an infa- impact there too. Um, all right, but just go back to lineups one second. I want to see what type of builds we're getting. 
So like where the, the, what I want to know is where are we getting cheap, Greg? And it looks like so the first lineup is a Lamar Jackson plus likely, just a QB plus one. McCaffrey, Rashad White, Amon Ross St. Brown. You don't hear stars and scrubs line up all that often in the NFL, but this is certainly one of them. Uh, QB plus three. So Goff, St. Brown, Reynolds, Jamison Williams. See, I, I get that type of stuff because your punts are attached to your quarterback. So you're getting McCaffrey, Rashad White, Amon Ross St. Brown, and both of those, by the way. Likely and Kincaid, both of them have uh, double-tapped tight ends as well. It looks like we're seeing – tell me if you see anything where I'm, where I'm off base here. Maybe the third lineup. But it looks like for sure a good amount of these star scrub lineups where we're just going cheaper at some of these wide receiver positions. Yeah, and I don't have an issue with that at all because there are a lot of cheap wide receivers that have a good amount of upside that you're not going to find at other spots. There isn't a running back who you could reasonably say like, oh, this running back might get three touches and go for, you know, like 70 yards and a touchdown. That's a realistic scenario, Jamison Williams, considering his big play upside. And when you don't have any real, well, Isaiah likely has opened up his real value on the slate. But outside of him, there aren't guys that we just plug and be like, oh, this guy's clearly benefiting from an injury scenario. It was really good points per dollar play. So the way you do have to create upside is who are the cheap skill position players that have variants that could take a long play for a touchdown. And that just has to come at wide receiver because there isn't a scenario where you're going to be like, hey, you know, I think that uh, Elijah Mitchell is going to end up getting a couple of snaps and play a big role for the 49ers. For the most part at running back, it's guys are going to be buried behind the starters Wide receivers, the ball is going to get spread out a little bit. I do think that's the best way to attack this late. Me too. And you're right, though. Even at wide receiver, the value isn't isn't great. Like you have Jamison Williams, who could do very little. Uh, but you, but but the difference to your point is that it won't take. It doesn't take a lot for one of those guys to have one of those big games. At running back, it takes a lot. At least at wide receiver, they're on the field. And then you got like a Khalil Shakir type guy. I don't expect Gabe Davis to play. He still hasn't practiced up until this point. We don't know Friday, but yesterday he didn't practice. Shakir wasn't super involved, but you know, he had he played 67% of the snaps. He's $3,800. He got into the end zone. You can't ask for more than that on a slate like this. You're right. There's not a ton. And then and then you could just, if you wanted to go Kansas City value, I see a couple Miko Harmon lineups there. You could do that. But still, it's still Kansas City wide receiver value. Justin Watson, Mikael Hardman, those guys, you know, they can zero out. Can we do something actually, Jacob? Can we go to exposure and look at wide receivers for a second? I'm less interested, Greg, in what the, the high-priced wide receivers are as opposed to some of these cheap guys. So look at our look at our first, look at our highest and third highest exposed wide receivers right now. Our top three, all all Lions guys, Josh Reynolds, I'm on Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams. Reynolds played a pretty big role last week. He did? Yeah, they just completely stalled out in the second half. He could have had a much bigger game. Godwin, Ayuk, look how flat it is, though. It's real spread out after that. This is a really cool slate from the standpoint of looking at the projected ownership where a lot of times we're, we're looking for leverage, low-owned plays, things along those lines. It's pretty flat this week. Everybody, you know, they're, you know, like Jordan Love isn't getting ownership at quarterback because the tough matchup against the 49ers. But we're looking at the tight end ownership before. It's really flat. The wide receiver ownership 
you know, sure, I'm on Ross St. Brown is 40% on 30% to Reynolds. Beyond that, though, it's really flat. This is one of these slates where you build good lineups, you play the guys you like, and you're not really worrying as much about ownership. It's more so, can you build lineups to score more fantasy points than everybody else? Exactly. And I get the whole Detroit thing. St. Brown played 93% of snaps last week. That's that's expected. But Reynolds was out there for, for 86% of snaps. Williams for 70 Khalif Raymond, this, you know, obviously keep an eye on that. Khalif Raymond uh, was out last game, but he's still not practicing. So in the event that he ends up sitting, I know he wasn't seeing a ton of work, but, you know, getting a third or so around the snaps. Then you have to upgrade Josh Reynolds and, and Jamison Williams a little bit. So I get it. Can we scroll down a bit? And to add on to what you're saying, Lofi, since he hasn't practiced this week, we do currently have Khalif Raymond sitting in our projections. We have okay. Him. Okay, well, and th that makes more sense. I'm not saying he's the, a huge difference maker, but I think when you're starving for value, taking him off the field makes a difference because they really only ran three receivers last game outside of three snaps for Antoine Green and DPJ played two snaps. So it was really just three receivers in that offense. Plus, I'm not convinced that Sam Laporte is close to 100%. No, not at all. Like you said, he got three targets last week. One of them did end up being a touchdown, so – you know, that is one thing that may, may make people think he's healthier than he was. If you just look at his fantasy point totals and he caught a touchdown. But it was it was not the usual workload we see as far as targets from Laporta. And oftentimes targets can also be a result of because if, if a player isn't 100%, they're not creating separation. Well, then they're not going to be getting targeted. A lot of times targets have to be earned by the pass catchers by actually getting open. So I, I don't think Laporta is healthy either. Yeah. What do you make of some of these Green Bay pass catchers, Houston pass catchers? It's so easy to say, oh, yeah, Baltimore, big favorite. San Francisco, just get exposure to them. Uh, Detroit, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo. What about the two nine-plus point favorites this or dogs this week on the road? Yeah, so the two nine-point dogs, the easiest team to write off has to be the Green Bay Packers. Least interesting team on the slate. Honestly, I, I think so too. And it's just a really difficult spot. It's a, you're going to have a much more difficult time running against San Francisco than you did on the, on the Cowboys. Um, it's just the, the whole spot feels pretty tough here. And yes, you've got some guys that have rose to the risen to the occasion for sure. Romeo Dobbs last week, but I'm not trying, I'm, I'm not trying to see, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced lightning strikes twice in the same spot, Greg, where you got a six targets, six receptions, 151 yards and a touchdown for Romeo Dobbs, a guy who had been, you know, largely quiet for for stretches of the season where Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Aaron Jones, all of those guys are there. And so now you've got all, like Jaden Reed's coming off a zero reception game. So even if you did think, hey, this team, this team can compete. It's still a brutal matchup, and they have like seven different potential pass catchers. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of guys. Jaden Reed was chalk last week as well. I, I know he ruined some of my best lineups. I got a handful of messages on Twitter where people were like, I got screwed by, by Jaden Reed. I saw people bring it up in our Discord channel as well. He killed a lot of good lineups, especially because Jordan Love was not crazy popular as a quarterback. He went out and had a big game, but Reed was popular as a pass catching option. So a lot of people are not going to want to go back there. And in addition to that, like you'd said, I don't know that we want to be getting there either because it's going to be uphill sledding for the Packers to have a big game on offense. And even if they do, 
who do we have any confidence is going to be the guy? Because Tucker Craft is somebody who could get targets. Luke Musgrave could get targets. They've got two tight ends they work in. we got Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. They have a lot of weapons on offense, and it could be any one of those guys in a tough matchup. It could also be none of them, which is probably the most likely scenario. Yeah, that's the, pro- that's the problem. And look, I love Aaron Jones. Love the guy. We all do. He's good. And we know that when he's healthy – he can he can break slates. We saw it last week. He had a 30, he dropped a 35, three scores. Um, just an overall very solid game in that route of the Dallas Cowboys. But now, are you really looking to prioritize a guy like Jones when you have sure McCaffrey's more expensive, but you have McCaffrey, then you have with a much higher total, Gibbs, Rashad White against Detroit, who's involved heavily as a pass catcher too, Pacheco. James Cook coming off another 20-plus touch game. I know he hasn't been good. I, I think I'd still say that Jones is my favorite Packer just because if the game stays remotely competitive, he's going to be heavily involved. He would be my favorite, but I don't – like. can we see how much Can we see how much exposure we're getting to Aaron Jones? My he's guess never- is it's, it's not that much, Greg. He's there right. He's there right now. It's towards the top. He's at 15%, but that's underweight to the field. He's projected for 21% ownership. So he's showing up as our uh, Tucker Craft and Aaron Jones, the two skilled position players we're getting to from the Packers, but it's it's underweight to Aaron Jones still because he's still getting ownership. I'd like let's see this as just running backs though. Let's let's go by position. Christian McCaffrey, we already saw it, but you knew that Christian McCaffrey was going to be I mean, he's $8,800. He's priced down for a four-game slate. No surprise we're getting almost 60%. Um, Yeah, see, look, I'm fine with that Aaron Jones exposure, Greg. You have 150 lineups, 15% Aaron Jones. I'm okay with that. If if it means I'm getting a good amount of white, uh, Pacheco. The only one that's a little bit unnerving is Devin Singletary, but I think that's strictly a price thing there. Yeah, and also it's not crazy different from the field. He's project for 25% ownership, a little bit overweight to him, nothing crazy, because uh, people are bringing it up in the chat. I will uh, also mention we had more news that just broke. Gabe Davis is going to be ruled out. So yeah. it's we've gone this entire year without getting news break on the show. <laughs> and now the week that we should have the least amount of news of the entire two yep. guys that are important get ruled out over the course of 30 minutes on the show. Gabe Davis was expected. Like, if in my opinion, if you don't get any work in on a Thursday, there's a good chance that you're not playing, especially if it's a Saturday game. It's not for Gabe Davis, but yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll see. The only other guy right now, the only other questionables we have, I know Chris Godwin was question. He's going to play for yeah, sure. Yeah, agreed. Like he's always he's always limited at practice. I'm trying to he- think. I, I don't. I mentioned I don't think Khalif Raymond plays. We'll see. Is there anybody else significant here that I'm missing? I, I think that's – I mean, Kadarius Tony. Tony Tony could be a healthy scratch. He just sucks. <laughs> He's terrible. He is terrible. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through the injury reports here really quick. Andrews out. Gabe Davis now out. I have In- one for you. I do have one. Let okay. me see if Chad has mentioned it yet. Let me see if Chad beat me to this one. Chad's usually pretty sharp on this show specifically. They did not. All right. So, dude, Chase Edmonds isn't practicing. Sure, you, you, like even your reaction at first is 
who cares, right? But Edmonds is playing close to a third of the snaps. Unless they wanted to play, like, I don't even know. Is it is it Vaughn or is it Tucker on the roster now? Or they have both still? Let me see. So they have... So Vaughn's gone, I suppose. They've only been giving touches to Edmonds and White. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So we are currently, if I'm, not, if you sort by leverage all the way to the right, Jacob, I think as is, we're already more overweight to, yeah, Rashad White overweight more so to him than any other running back on the slate. Rashad White in 33% of lineups. If we're going to say that he picks up a few extra touches, a couple extra targets in the absence of Chase Edmonds, I see where you're going with this. He could end up in like close to half of our lineups. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's like, oh, you play him if Chase Edmonds is out and fade him if he's in. All I'm saying is if it goes from 70% of snaps, I think you could definitely see him out there for, you know, 85% of snaps in a situation like this. Because it, here, let me let me give you an example. In week, because Chase Edmonds has been essentially the backup since week eight. He was injured as well. Look at weeks 12 and 13, though. Edmonds played 12% of snaps and 15%. It wasn't like it went to Tucker or Vaughn, if he was still on the team, it went 87% of snaps to Rashad White. Yeah, earlier in the year, we saw him play a ton as well. I, I, I'm i like, I'm liking what you're bringing up here. I, so already Rashad White, our, our most over lever, the player we have the most leverage on the slate. This is the guy that we're getting the most overweight to relative to his ownership. Uh, I think we have reasons to not only feel good about that as now, but probably feel even better about that and get to, to more exposure to him, particularly if Edmonds is out. I think so too, yeah. And Chase Edmonds was targeted twice last game too. In a spot like this, I want Rashad White getting all of that workload through the air. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, can we go to exposures one more time? I want to I see something here. Yeah, the only one that, that is mildly concerning is Devin Singletary. But I do understand that he's cheap. I don't know if you've looked at this slate, Greg, just by pricing. There's essentially no value to speak of at the running back. Well, you mentioned it like with Mitchell, but there's really no value to speak of here unless you're trying to get to like a Justice Hall or something. But even Gus Edwards is 5,900. My guess is we're getting no Gus Edwards at 5,900. Yeah, so Gus Edwards... What do we have him projected for? Gus Edwards, we have him for right around 10 fantasy points. At his price point, yeah, scroll down a little bit here, Jacob, but I also assume that we're getting to him. Yeah, only only 2%, uh, 2.7% of lineups with, with Gus. What else do you want to look at here? We This is this is good so far. We're, it's really opening my eyes to how this slate is breaking down. Uh, not a, I didn't see a lot of Houston. I didn't see a lot of ta uh, Green Bay, which makes sense. Yeah. I guess the question then becomes like, where do you prioritize the pass catchers? I noticed we weren't getting a lot of Mike Evans scares me a little bit. If we go back to wide receivers here, because Greg, you've got Collins Evans. This is all sub eight K mm -hmm. Debo Stefan Diggs. I saw we weren't getting a ton of that. Brandon Ayuk, Rashi Rice, Chris Godwin. There are a lot of guys that could put up monster games on this slate at wide receiver between that six and seven K range. Yeah. And also, 
we have, if I'm not mistaken, Gabe Davis was, yeah. So we had Gabe Davis expected to play, but like limited snaps prior to him getting ruled out. So we didn't have him playing full, but we also had him in our projection. So him being out, can you search by uh, Shakur? I want to see what we're getting as far as exposure to him, because I do think Khalil Shakur is the biggest gainer from the absence of Gabe Davis. And he's only $3,800 on DraftKings. So Shakur, yeah, we had 14.7% of lineups. I'm going to guess that if we were to rerun Sims with updated projections and data, that we would be getting to probably 25-ish percent or so of Shakur, which would do a couple of things. That would raise our exposure to Josh Allen and make it easier to get to Josh Allen as well. And then we'd probably get to a little bit less of some of the Detroit Lions guys. So that's something I wanted to see there. And then uh, also search to see if we had any lineups with Gabe Davis. I'm going to think that's a no, just because we did have him projected to be limited, but maybe he was in a lineup or two. And yes, Jeremy, if I said Justice Hall, you know who I meant. Yes, Justice Hill. Yeah. Yeah, so we just had uh, one Gabe Davis lineup out of 150. So that in itself isn't going to make that big of a difference. But Shakur's a much better-looking value option now that Gabe Davis is officially out. That Gabe Davis lineup had a really high SIMD ROI, too. Not anymore. No, but it is funny how that works, where you could have a guy that just has a very negatively leveraged or negative uh, player SIMD ROI, but still pops up in one or two really good lineups. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we're seeing here because – that one lineup had a simulated ROI 4x better than the second best Gabe Davis lineup. Yeah. If we were to go go back to uh, exposures for a second, Jacob, and just go to uh, quarterback itself. So I don't want to look at the stacking. I just want to look at quarterback itself. All right. So we are getting a decent amount of Baker, decent amount of Purdy. A lot of Lamar. I think you're spot on there, though, that we'll get some Lamar, but we're not going to be 2x the field on him either yeah, once, once, once we get likely ownership. Yeah, once the likely ownership is updated, it's going to be totally different because likely, for reasonable reasons, when he's only project for 1% ownership, he looks like the best tight end on the slate. The reason he's only project for 1% ownership is because Mark Andrews ruled out in the middle of the show. If then, Mar- if then Isaiah likely is going to be, you know, like 25% projected ownership, let's say. He's still going to make it into lineups for us, but it's probably going to be about half what his current ownership is in our lineups, and then that just naturally brings down Lamar as well. I am a little surprised that we're only getting 7% Mahomes. I know in these short slates, the Sims usually love Mahomes, and personally, I think for good reason. It hasn't worked out in a lot of those days, but I do understand because you have Rashi Rice, you have Travis Kelsey, whom are, you know, as a stack, that stack's way cheaper than it's been in a while. But then you also just kind of have that third attachment with it, Watson or, or Mikal Hardman. It's gross. It's ugly. But on short slates, a lot of times we get there. Um, and when you're talking about these short slates, Greg, it makes sense to do stuff like that. Like Jared Goff with St. Brown, but then Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams, those type. Because in the event that that offense ends up going for 40, you know, and puts up one of those massive games – they might just come along for the ride at a massive discount. Yeah, I don't I don't see any uh, any kind of issue with that. And once again, the quarterback exposures are going to end up changing once. Well, here's actually an interesting way to look at it. When the ownership comes down in our lineups on Lamar Jackson, who do you think gains the most from our QB pool? 
I want to say Mahomes. I want to say Mahomes, but I don't know. I think Mahomes would make the most sense. We already have a bunch of Jared Goff, so every quarterback would get boosted a little bit once we lower Lamar Jackson. But we have to also think it's probably going to be an expensive quarterback that's going to fill some of those spots. Uh, So a couple things. I do think Mahomes, Josh Allen's going to get boosted from a couple of reasons. One, because Shakur is going to look better, and then also because because of Lamar Jackson coming down. So with the two factors being considered, I'm actually going to go with Josh Allen as the one who benefits the most. Let's do something for a second. Let's negatively boost Isaiah Likely and see what happens. Okay. Again, this is not a perfect science. No, we're just screwing around having fun with the tools. Boost, Negatively boost him by like 50. And uh, upgrade Shakur by like 50. Yeah, good call. And then we'll see what that does. <laughs> All the top lineups had uh, had likely. I see that. Except one of them has a 700% simulated ROI. <laughs> oh, that one had likely and uh, Shakur in it. Okay. So go to, go to QB exposures again. Hasn't changed. Uh, I don't know if Jacob unfavored the top 150 and favored the 150 again. I thought he did. He might have, and I might have missed it. Let's see, though. Exposures now. Yeah, I think he did. All right, so yeah, maybe that maybe we'd have to do a more dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to do a little bit more of a dramatic change to get it to look because the likely lineups are just projecting too well right now. Well, likely at 153% player ROI. Yeah. So even a 50% negative boost isn't going to do enough. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, look, this is just the lay of the land to see what we're getting here. I, I think it is kind of interesting though, just to see how much Jared Goff we're getting. But you know, you asked if you know, once the likely stuff is updated, what do you who do you think comes up the most? Well, let me ask you this then. With Gabe Davis out and Khalil Shakir becoming a better value play now, do you think that brings these Jared Goff exposures down? A little bit because it's because the biggest impact of Shakur projecting better is going to be Josh Reynolds and Jamison Williams. Obviously, it doesn't change their projection, but it changes their outlook on the slate because there's another wide receiver who's become viable at the same price point. So as Shakur looks better, Williams and then Reynolds both look a little bit worse. And so that is going to bring down the exposure to Jared Goff because of that. Yeah, you're probably right. Hey, one more thing I want to look at, Jacob. Tight ends. I know we took a peek earlier, but now that we have a a better idea of how this slate looks. A lot of Kittle. Likely. Okay, so it did bring likely down from like, what were we, 45 to 33? Yeah, we got a uh, 25% less likely than we had before from just like he, he went from 44% of lineups to 33%. Also, that's a lot of two tight end lineups, just eyeballing that exposure right there. I mean, you're talking 100% exposure through across the, the top three. Which for this slate, I have no issues with at all. Other slates so far in the playoffs, I haven't gotten to a ton of double tight end lineups, but it's because... A lot of them. There was one slate. I can't remember which one it was. I want to say the last Saturday slate had good tight ends. 
But other than that, it's it's been some weak tight ends lately. This is a great one. We've got almost all the best fantasy tight ends playing in one weekend. And week 18, we talked about not needing to yeah. double tap tight end because there was just too much value. I think but- in my top 150 lineups for week 18, I think only one or two had two tight ends in them, which usually it's it's like a chunk of my lineups. Didn't get to any of them for that slate. But now this slate where we're hurting for value, and you know we did benefit a little bit by getting Shakur in, in lineups now, but hurting for value outside of the tight end spot in general, it, it's going to make for a lot of good-looking double tight end lineups. It's a good spot this weekend for it, tight ends. Especially when none of them are egregiously overpriced either, right? I mean, you have... George Kittle at 5,200, Likely's 4,700, Kate Otten's 3,500, all of those. Travis Kelsey at 6K. I know he hasn't been great, but I still think that's a perfectly reasonable price point, you know, on a guy that's going to see upwards of a 30% target share in a game like this. It makes too much sense not to want to do something like that. Even even 11% Dalton Kincaid getting around the field there. Uh, What I'm seeing, though, is, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, obviously likely is the, the, the most leveraged because we don't have the correct ownership in. But a lot of a lot of exposure to going to Kittle, uh, positively leveraged, I like that quite a bit, 5,200. Kittle's the type of guy, you know this. Kittle is the type of guy that can absolutely break a slate, and he can do it on five receptions. Yeah, and we've seen that on – a couple of Monday slates. This year. I remember there was one game where he had his first three catches of the game were all touchdowns. And I think that was this year we saw from George Kittle. I think it was against, I think it was against Dallas. That sound. Yes, you are correct. It was the game against Dallas. Cause I remember I did not have very much of him in showdown. I was drawing dead so early that slate because he caught touchdown passes so early in that game. And that accounted for, yeah, here it is. He finished that game. He had three catches for 67 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He He's the type of guy that can do – he had another one. I forget what it was, but it was just a huge game on pretty limited work. He's he's very capable of doing that. Yeah, especially if he's going to catch a lot of those touchdowns, which we've seen. Uh, you know, this year he only scored six touchdowns. Half of them came in the one game for George Kittle. We've seen him with other blow-up spots like that as well. A lot of tight ends and a lot of ones with actual upside. George Kittle, Isaiah Likely, Travis Kelsey. Not that these other tight ends like Kate Otten and, Ty and Tucker Craft are in that same category, but we've got these guys in Kittle, Likely, and Kelsey. They have just as much upside as far as their ceiling goes as any of the wide receivers on the slate. Man, I'm looking at prize picks because I, I was telling Ben on Wednesday, I ran a same-game parlay on Caesars, got – Pretty delightful odds on it. It was plus 580 on Caesars, plus 369 on FanDuel. Um, plugged it in today, it's plus 420 on Caesars. So we're going to get closing line value. Obviously, correlations factored in, right, to these same game parlays. But it was Baker Mayfield, 275 plus passing yards, one and a half plus touchdowns, so two plus touchdowns, and Mike Evans, anytime touchdown. Um, Baker Mayfield, the standard yardage prop, was it 242 and a half at the time? That is bounced, man. Prize picks has it at 256 and a half right now. The you know how they have the demons and goblins over there? I'm I'm aware of the demons and goblins. They well, are the, ba- the Baker Mayfield demon now is 299 and a half. To put that in perspective, Josh Allen is 274 and a half on the alt line. Isn't that crazy? 
for a lot of passing upside for Baker. I mean, not crazy because I, I do understand why the line is what it is because so much of the upside of Josh Allen comes to them running the football. And also, that information, not that this is the end-all be-all of how we build DFS lineups, but it's a pretty good indication of why Josh Allen isn't showing up in as many stacks for us as a quarterback like Baker Mayfield. None of us are going to say that Baker Mayfield is better than Josh Allen, but for the purpose of building correlated lineups that are stacks, it's hard to stack Josh Allen with a lot of his pass catchers when he doesn't get quite as much of his upside in the passing game as he does on the ground. And then it's kind of hard to build lineups that are as correlated as the Bills offense as with the the Buccaneers offense. If Baker has a big game, it's going to be throwing the football. If Josh Allen has a big game, it could be throwing the football, but it's probably more likely to be running the football. Yeah, for sure. He has the third highest passing yard prop on the week. Do you know who's ahead of him? Goff. Yep. Mahomes. Purdy. Ah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, prize picks, 100% first match deposit bonus up to 100 bucks if you aren't there yet. Plus, you get all of our plus EV tools, all of our pick them uh, lineup builder tools, premium Discord, expert picks plays, all of that over at Odd Shopper if you're not there yet. Uh, it's a pretty simple process, Greg. We have the link in the description. You click it, you sign up. Not only up to 100 bucks is everything matched. So if you put 100 bucks in, you have 200 bucks now. If you put 50 in, you got 100. If you put 20 in, you have 40. And you're just building out lineups with the over or under on these projections, right? So passing yards, God, receiving yards, rushing yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy score. That's another one that I know you guys love because you, you can, in fact, you can apply all of the knowledge and everything that you've learned and researched throughout the week into that fantasy score. They have everything, dude. Punts inside the 20. Uh, There's stuff that you can't find at traditional books, Greg, but uh, yeah, you're getting the sign-up bonus. You're 10, you're uh, 10 Xing if you go five of five. You go six of six, you're 25 Xing. Unlike traditional books, let's say you go four of five and you go, oh man, I'm toast. You're still 2X. They don't just take all your money. You're still 2X, which is pretty sweet. But I think the kicker is the fact that you're getting the entire month of all of our betting tools, all of our, I should say in this case, um, all of our pick'em tools plus the Discord, plus the picks, plus the EV tools entirely for free on top of the bonus if you sign up at PrizePix. Yeah, for sure. So you're getting everything. And then also, I know there are some states that have both sports betting and the Pick'em sites. And it's not only for PrizePix. We've got Underdog and all the other Pick'em sites as well that we've got projections for that you could use in the uh, in the entry builder that we have over there. So if you guys like to bet on sports, if you guys play Pick'em, or if you also just want to get picks from us in the Discord, if you want access to our betting model, we've got something for everybody at Odd Shopper. Yeah. And also, they release free squares all the time. So make sure you're on as many of these as possible. Get the free squares, get the bonuses. Link in the description and in the chat. And come say what's up. If you do this, make sure um, the, make sure that you take advantage of the free month. Jump in the Discord. Check out the tools. You'll, you'll, I think you'll really love them. All right. Um, what else are we looking at here? What else are we, we looking at? Anything else you want to do? All. What? I think we've covered it all. I think we did. Oh, and by the way, if you're not, if you're in a legal sports betting state, we got you covered. BetMGM is still Bet Five. Get 158 dollars in bonus bets. We didn't forget about you guys. It's as good a bonus as there is out there. You're already on DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, we threw that link down there in the description. You bet five bucks, you get 150 in bonus bets by simply depositing five, betting five with the link. It's that simple. You got to be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, you call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. But we didn't forget about you. 
If you're in a legal state, there's plenty out there for everybody. I think we did cover it all. My only thing now is, it's like, what happens when we get the updated ownership on Isaiah Likely? What happens when we have Gabe Davis completely wiped out of the projections? I'll be honest. I don't think it changes that much for Buffalo as far as like Stefan Diggs goes. Not Just for Stefan Diggs, Shakir. but yeah, Shakir for sure. Oh, one other thing I want to uh, mention everybody before we finish here. Live before lock moved from Sunday to Saturday this week because of the change in the NFL slate. So because the NFL is a main slate that's covering all four games throughout the weekend, move the live before lock from Sunday to Saturday so that we're covering the main slate and uh, making sure that we get coverage for all that. Hell yeah, man. Hey, shout out to Jacob as always for producing this one. Thanks to you guys for hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow. What time, what time are we doing tomorrow? We got deeper dive live before lock or just like we got two, right? Yep. Deep dive and live before lock. So if I remember correctly, it is so it should be 2 30. Yeah. So uh 4 30 Eastern time lock. So 2 30 to 3 30 will be uh Lofi and Ben Raza on the deep dive, and then 3 30 to 4 30. We got Eric and Matt Kajeski on live before lock. Perfect, man. Yeah, love. It. Are we doing any Sunday shows? Because they'll have the bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do one. I'm gonna do one with Emac for the two gamer on Sunday. Okay. I would assume there's gonna still be some big contests for that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I I think so as well. So I've got that on the schedule to cover it. I'd be fairly surprised if that isn't the case. Let's see what they've got up here. There is a uh, two game slate up on DraftKings for the Sunday slate. Five hundred last I looked, and yeah, five hundred K to first, so pretty sizable. Well, we saw what happened on Monday. Where yeah. they were dropping those small contests and they all filled. So that no, that's significant. The spies a hundred thousand. Um, there's a lot of big contests. So yeah, the Wildcats seven hundred K. All right, cool. Cool. I like that they're doing this though, Greg. Give us the main give us the full slate of games, and then Sunday, just let us double dip on the second half. Sure. And if you get your ass kicked on Saturday, there's gonna be people who are like, Oh, I gotta enter Sunday contest so that I've got something to play for here. Yep, and if you get your ass kicked at the beginning of Sunday, you got showdown for Sunday night as well. Yeah. Thank God for the Sims tools, man, because they have every single slate. Makes life a little bit easier. Appreciate you guys hanging out. We'll see you back here for the next one. Championship round next weekend, but we'll see you tomorrow, Saturday, 2.30 Eastern, right here on the YouTube channel. Peace.